Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Girl. My back is still messed up from a Green Day concert. Still? When a woman crowd surfed atop of me and I refused to let her fall and there was a point in which I was the only person holding her. Were you doing the torso or the legs? The torso. I had her up like in Dirty Dancing. Oh, she was belly belly down yeah she was flipping flopping have you ever crowd surfed no it's really messy you would think it's like oh yeah here i am like Like, lying on my back yeah no it's like you're flipping it's just it's not certain no you don't know what's coming next no but to be belly down feels way too tenuous like that people's hands are in your mouth at that point oh yeah and your tits (laughs) i mean there's no getting around it yeah the women i've grabbed by accident because you just have to keep them up yeah no i don't and think that, that is not essay no that is uh, i don't know what it is i don't know what it I is i mean on a survival <laughs> it's survival assault yeah oh god terrible i don't i i wouldn't enjoy crowd surfing i think i've done it once and i was like i am good after that that's chris and i's mandate for 2024 our new year's resolution to crowd surf no to it's- shoulder press enough weight to uh dirty dancing me oh that's fantastic but it really does take two to tango we gave it a go recently at a wedding and i was surprised how much effort it involved from my part i really thought i was just going to be able to sail oh no you got to keep your body like a little plank i know stiff as a feather wait stiff as a board light as a feather that's it yeah do you remember the planking craze yeah i'm sorry to go so embarrassing did you ever do it? No, I never did it. I never did it. Either. I just didn't quite understand. I didn't quite understand it. I still don't know its origin story, but it was just people lying in various places. Well, not lying. I think the thing that was fun about it is that they were stiff, like over a parking meter. Or... Oh, right. So it was that dirty dancing skill and technique yeah. just applied in like a more regular circumstance. Yeah. But even then, I remember thinking this is not eternal this is not something that ages beautifully it's like pokemon go (sighs) yeah it came it went i have a lot of respect and admiration for people who really buy into trends because i think they're the funnest people in life i agree whereas me like i'm cynical i'm jaded i'm always looking for a pitfall a downside and it's just it's not a great way to live it's like conspiracy theorists versus people who are like evangelist religious you know who's happier yeah who's i think conspiracy theorists are like always looking for you know the worst of the world christians they're just happy to they're happy to be there with a little bit of devil every now and again i know and like it's worth risking a little bit of devil to have eternal life and salvation yeah to be able to see all your family once again so it's like wh- wh- who would you rather be you know yeah i know Would you rather see the worst would you rather just See sunshine with someone lurking in the shadows. Mm-hmm. It's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I'm don't sorry know. to pose this question to you I, so early on. Yeah. You just wanted to talk about your back and I'm... Here we are. God again. Yeah, God again. He pops up. I know. We never stop. We I never know. stop. I know. But speaking of God, <laughs> what this week has been inspiring you? 
It's a deep inhale, which is so funny because you'd think after the inhale, it's going to be something philosophical. Profound. Being like having straight hair. Having straight hair is inspiring you. Women who curl their hair. I would like to meet you. I would like to know you. I don't understand you. I'm someone who is bang on wavy in the middle. I could go either way. Yeah. I choose straight every time. The manageability, the ease. Of course. The sleekness of it. The length it gives you. Yeah. I have worn my hair curly, mostly curly, um, for a long time now, as I've been healing it, trying not to apply heat to it. But Halloween weekend, I dressed up as Cher, which called for very straight, very sleek hair. And I just, I'm totally in love with it. And it brings me back to straightening my hair in like the seventh and eighth grade to a crisp whenever I could. Mm. And just feeling like this is me at my most beautiful and curly is not. That is exactly how I feel. And I have worked so hard to fight against that where I'm like, nope, even though it's curly and messy. Oh, (laughs) is that a hit and run? Oh my God. Speaking of, do you know what Alan Ruck did in your neighborhood? Cameron from Succession? Or not Cameron. Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Connor from Succession. Oh, the in crash? my neighborhood? Yes. Have you not heard about no. the truck that barreled down Hollywood Avenue and then crashed into a pizza place caused like a three-car Wait, collision? Wait, Fountain Avenue? No. My it's street? like two, one street up Oh, Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. Yeah. Crashed into a pizza place and then it turns out it was Alan Ruck, who is Connor from Succession in the driver's seat. Wow. I know. He just went absolutely wild. You know who else died like a block away from my house? What? Um, You know, the little gay man. The, oh my God. The, you know, the little gay man. I think he's from Will and Grace. You know, the little gay man who was like, like would see a hot man on Instagram and would be like, oh my, oh my God. The Southern gentleman. Oh, I don't know. Yes, you do. From gay, Will and Grace? Lee, gay old man actor, car crash. Leslie Jordan. <gasps> Leslie Jordan. Oh my God. Yes, he died just a couple blocks away in a car crash. Oh my God, I know. I remember that car crash. That's awful. We really, well, I think, we, I think we, Alan's okay. He's fine. Oh, thank God. I know. The pizza place is not fine, but... God, we really skated off your straight, straight hair right and now. right into the the street. I can't even remember what brought us there. Halloween no. weekend. Yeah. No, yeah. you look gorgeous. Oh, beautiful. And so I I I fought against this idea that curly is not good, but I I've never fought. I, I put down my guns when straight hair approached me and said, Yeah, this is this you. is me. This is the most perfect I'll ever be. I know. It's so hard. I know someone said to me even the other day, like, oh, isn't your hair like naturally straight and i went (laughs) (laughs) no the work no sir the work i know tell me about it what is your inspiration my inspiration is just the enormity and the inevitability and the inescapability of the simulation Mm -hmm. the -hmm. simulation hits me really i'll be the first to say it i'm not her favorite girl she doesn't come she doesn't cross my path that often but this week, Ivana, it has been off the freaking charts. <laughs> I have waited to tell you. I have been counting down my little days, waiting to tell you how much the simulation has hit me. Should I, should yeah, I begin? Yeah, go. Okay. the whole thing. Okay. So the night before my birthday, when we are set to go to my favorite dessert restaurant, Better Than Sex. I brought it up on the podcast before. I'll bring it up again. We are all ready to go. I put a little song on to set the mood before you and a friend come over. And, you know, I, I want a little ambiance. 
I click on my favorite playlist, Bossa Nova hits. <laughs> I hit shuffle because I'm not one to discriminate. Yeah. First song that comes up, Beatrice. Whoa. The name, literally the song title, Beatrice by like Sunset Jazz Club. I was like, oh my God. Okay. The night continues. We arrive at Better Than Sex. If I can paint the picture for you once again, it is red velvet curtains. It is plastic chandeliers. It is um, not so subtle photos of people in sexual positions framed hanging on every wall. <laughs> yeah. We sit down. We remark upon how incredibly busy it is for a Sunday night. I mean, I made a reservation, but my God, there are people just like falling out of the place. The waitress comes over after a long, long interlude. We'd been waiting a while. And she goes, I'm so sorry, guys. It's been like the craziest night. I guess, you know, as you know, like tonight's our last night. We're closing. <laughs> I look around the table. You, Chris, Miles, my beautiful friend, Ty. I say, what? What? It was. We all were aghast. We were Everyone aghast. looking at you to see what was coming next. I teared up for one. Yeah. And then I said, why? And she said, we don't know. And I said, how long has this been in the works? And she says, we don't know. And I say, well, is there anything you can tell me? She says, no. But she does say, I thought that you guys are here for this. This is why everyone is here, because tonight is our last night. And I said, no, I've had this reservation four weeks. Tomorrow is my birthday. This is why this I'm is my here. Favorite place. Yeah, it's my favorite place. That's why I'm here tonight. It was weird. I know. Next day I wake up, Julie, my boyfriend's mother, has sent me a gift and devout podcast listener, devout Argo, I should say. Hello, Julie. We love you. Hello, Julie. Thank you for listening every week. She had sent me a gift card to Better Than Sex the day that it closed its doors forever at the LA location. Just weird. Like weird, weird. Okay, then. I go for a little walk. I put on a podcast, just a, just a regular podcast, one I always listen to. The first topic of conversation is how both podcast host and guest got sober at 29 and 29 was the most pivotal year of their lives. This wow. is the morning of my 29th birthday. Wow. So I, this is the first 10 minutes of the pod. It's blowing my mind. Whoa. The simulation continues. The next day is Chris's birthday. As I've mentioned, it's the 31st of October, the day after mine. We go out for dinner on our way home. We're like, we got to get gas. We've got to stop and get gas. In front of us, a car, a Tesla. License plate reads, gas, nah. <laughs> and I was like to Chris, it's getting weird. Yeah. Like it has been just a week of it for me. Oh, it does happen that way. I swear in clusters like that. It does. It Whoa. I know. I mean, all signs point to a great year ahead. I think a witchy year ahead. I'm actually starting to buy into what one of the psychics at your bachelorette told me. Of course. Fairy energy. Yeah. At the time, I... Silly. Forever cynical. Laughed it away. I thought, how ridiculous. All you're seeing is a redhead in a garden <laughs> <laughs> on a particularly sunny day. And that is all adding up to fairy energy. But no. No. Now I'm thinking she might have seen something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she saw. She saw... Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, yeah. Wow. 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 But we had an incredible weekend. We went we to a very young Hollywood-esque type party. I know. Who did we see? 
Oh my gosh, who didn't we see? We saw Sabrina Carpenter. We did. She looks beautiful. We saw Dakota Fanning. We, we chatted did. with Dakota Fanning. She was standing next to us at the photo booth. Full conversation. Yeah. Petra Collins. Petra Collins. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I, the the Stasi's babies of the world. Oh the yeah. Kylie right. Jenner's kind of cohort. Yeah. Were there. A lot of models. Yeah. Everyone looked amazing. Oh, man. It really makes you realize just the echelon of hotness that is Los Angeles. Like sometimes you forget and then it will slap you in the face when you least expect it. And I mean, we should have expected it. I know. (laughs) A friend messaged me and said, oh, my God, your birthday party looked amazing. Oh. And I was like, oh, Oh, mama. Oh, honey. (laughs) (laughs) That was not my birthday party, nor could I ever have pulled off such an event. (laughs) Oh, so fun, though, to think. You shouldn't have corrected. I mean, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have. Like, thank you. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, People coming to in see full you next year. <laughs> <laughs> People coming in full prosthetics for my birthday party. Like that's we kind of <laughs> what you hope for. We really wanted to show out and show up for Beatrice's birthday this year. Yeah. God. Nine hours of prosthetics. It would be incredible to have that reputation. Yeah. As someone who has the biggest blowout birthday, like you have to be ready. <sighs> it's like a national holiday. But also because I feel like when you are that person, you give people a real gift in that when else are they going all out? When else are you putting on the, you know, Marie Antoinette wig? It's so true. And I think that's why Halloween is such a breath of fresh air for so many people. Just so, so akin to weddings in that way. Yes. Where it's like, we're never going to have this like high school or college level drama ever again. How do we like manufacture it in this way? Also, so much happens on that weekend. Yeah. That's the first time I ever saw Steven. Halloween weekend. He had a party was that at the party? House. Yeah. No, that wasn't the party. Oh. But it was the very first time where I was like, who is that? Wow. I know. I know. He looked great. He was also Cher. Yeah. He wasn't happy with the wig. No. He did not oh love the wig. Oh my God. My heart really goes out. I don't realize what it takes to be a man, which is just... <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about... How long does it take you to straighten your hair? Oh, it's a good... It's a half an hour really oh my god wait what is that bad no that's so fast oh it takes me like a full hour no that's without the blow dry oh that's okay. with the i'm starting from dried hair oh yeah 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 okay yeah yeah no from wet from wet to wet finish? to finish oh an hour at, at least yeah, yeah at least yeah and that's something we've just accepted we've built that into our life mm-hmm. the day has 23 hours for us yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> Truly, my sleep paralysis demon is an enormous clock of hours I have spent getting ready. And I'm not even someone that is doing a lot. Like, I'm not underpainting, contouring, no. baking, no. setting. But still, it but takes still, me a while. And I used to do that, and I don't anymore. But it's still just a, a big part of my existence. I know. LA really freed me from that. In New York, I used to have to bloody turn a look every day. It was exhausting. Yeah. Going to that office and getting ready. On top of the partying, like constantly being hungover. I actually just don't know how I did it. Did you it. wear heels to work? I, I would often wear a kitten heel. I won't lie to you. Yeah. I wore a block kitten heel. I wore, I wore heels. You wore heels every day? Not every day, but a lot. And tall ones. It was insane. Oh, On the subway, commuting God. from Flatbush. <laughs> Commuting from Flatbush? Yes. Oh, my God. Madness. My biggest compliment is one day I was wearing a tutu and a beret and a little block heel. And that was the day that Miguel came in the oh office. Oh, my God. And he was like, you look amazing. <gasps> and I was like, oh, my. It's, I've, it's paid off. 
Oh, wow. Just waiting for this day. I remember walking in. Did I ever tell you one day I just walked in and Cardi B was sitting in the reception? Oh, my God, no. And I did I tell you this? And no. it was snowing outside and she was wearing like a bra. Like literally just a bra and of a high-waisted pant. Oh. Like I was like, who do you think you are? It is <laughs> freezing outside. You're in a bra? Like that is just totally impractical. Like I was very personally offended by it because I was so cold at the time in my oh, turtleneck. Of course. I was like, that is just outrageous. My like, grandma would throw a fit. <laughs> Be like, what are you doing? I know there is something about like the the hoes don't get cold of it all that used to really offend me personally because I was like that just isn't true like how are you in a stiletto with a bare leg on New Year's Eve oh like how do you actually do it I don't know I don't know it's so scary like you just have to be so fucked up yeah like so wasted yeah yeah and then temperature doesn't affect you no you can't feel anything true well speaking of a man who feels very little I know here we go (laughs) this profile opens on drug use which feels very appropriate yeah considering our conversation this is so interesting oh i'm so excited yeah i'm excited because also this was my suggestion and you were coming to it kind of cold yeah this would this person not would would not have occurred to you no no not at all not at all okay today we're diving into the one the only the iowa man and legend ashton kutcher before we do any of it the cultural context his background gavin edwards the incredible writer Mm. Ashton Kutcher, do you have any top line thoughts? Well, the punked era and the that 70s. Okay. Yeah. Let me back this up. Okay. Okay. I grew up watching that 70s show. Big, big part of my pop culture diet as a child. Okay. I was struck by it. I thought it was very funny. I feel like it contributed greatly to my current still enduring obsession with the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was very cute on that show. And then I remember the punked era. I did not like punked because you didn't. No, that's that's not my style. Yeah, that's not your style. I don't like when people are mean to someone even for a second as a joke. Yeah, you don't like the hurt and humiliation of it all. No, I don't like the humiliation. I don't like people being put in situations where things are stressful and they think it's real. The goal of the show, and it will come up later in this profile, was that. Ashton was like, I want someone to either throw a punch or cry. Yeah. So that really sets the tone at the outset. It does. So that is early Ashton. And then these days, not so happy with him. Not so happy with mm. him after the recent trial of Danny Masterson. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. You'll leave sure it at we'll that? Get okay. Yeah. I'm happy to leave it there. Yeah. What about you? I always thought clearly a very smart man, obviously typecast early in his career as a bimbo, himbo, we should say. And... He really, I guess, took that and ran with it and made it his calling card acting wise. But then on the more personal level, he became a venture capitalist. He was very successful in tech. He funded a lot of startups that would go on to be some of the biggest businesses that we've ever known and used frequently, such as Uber, uh, Shazam, Skype, um, Duolingo, and so on. He was an early backer of all those apps, companies. But... Yeah, he, I, mm, there's always been something. I mean, he's someone who is so clearly so intelligent and very beautiful. You kind of have to think, where's it going to give, you know? And I think it's giving now a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get into all that. This headline could not be more appropriate. This is Rolling Stone 2003 titled A Closer Look at Ashton Kutcher. His split from Brittany Murphy, his wild night with the Bush twins, his bond with Puffy, 
aka P. Diddy, Puffy at this time, mm. and the punked party he calls life. I was also kind of thrown by this cover. Did you end up seeing the cover itself? Oh, I actually don't think I did. I only looked at it at the end and it's quite strange. He is, like, his shirt is oh, like up, whoa. but it's kind of like, it's the Zac Efron cover, but a little bit less sexy. Yeah. It's almost like they were like, just one. Will you just do one? Will yeah, you pull it up above it? Just, and then we're done. And he looks very disconcerted and yeah, not happy. That's so funny. Which I understand. I mean, men at this point in time were so, so sexualized. Wait, this is the Justin cover I want to do. I'm showing you. Look how ripped Justin is in this Rolling Stone oh my cover. God. He's literally veiny. He looks so jacked. Amazing. When was that? It's got to be early. Got to be. Yeah, it's 2003. Mm-hmm. That's one we've got to do. Damn. Justin Timberlake at home with Mr. Heartbreak. Whoa. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I dip a little toe into that one. Yeah. But this one is written by Gavin Edwards. He's a longtime contributor at Rolling Stone, and he's actually written 12 cover stories for the magazine. <laughs> oh, my God. Full year's worth. It's insane. He reminds me actually a lot of like Cameron Crowe, almost famous type of energy where he was born around that same time, late 60s, whatever, and was just clearly very obsessed with celebrity or the entertainment industry in general. He's written 14 books, including one about Bill Murray, Samuel Mm. L. Jackson, the coolest man in Hollywood. He just published one this year that became an instant New York Times bestseller called MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios. Mm. So he's really like, he's cut his teeth on this world, which could not be more handy to have when profiling someone on the come up like Ashton Kutcher was in this moment. But 2003, let's revisit. Feels recent because we just went there for 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. He, at that time, had the number one album, Get Rich or Die Trying, and the best-selling single, I think, as well. It was, he was crazy year for 50 Cent. But the other big artists included the Pussycat Dolls, uh, Natasha Bedingfield, Keith Urban, Kanye West, and James Blunt. Oh, my God. And if you want to hear more of them, you can subscribe to our Patreon because we made a specific 2003 playlist. But it was a really crazy, crazy time for pop culture, specifically television. So Buffy and Dawson's Creek ended this year. And that made room for the OC, Arrested Development and America's Next Top Model. Newlyweds, Nick and Jessica, also premiered this year. On a slightly darker note, the Concorde flew its last flight in 2003 after the 2000 crash, killing 109. Um, Weirdly, that feels so similar to the submarine crash of this year Mm -hmm. because only like the very, very wealthy were ever taking those flights. Mm. But um, yeah, they went faster than the speed of sound, which I didn't realize. Oh my God. (laughs) Ben and JLo called off their engagement. (gasps) Yep, a month after their movie Jiggly. I've still never known how to say it. We'll never know. Yeah, flopped. And then then they obviously reunited uh, 20 years or so later. Vanity Fair published their It's Raining Teens profile. Uh, Teen Vogue also launched. And then, God, like Beyonce and LeBron, really on the come up. Mm -hmm. Beyonce was coming off the release of her debut album, Crazy in Love being the big single. And LeBron was drafted to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which huge for sports fans everywhere, changing the game. And at this point in time, Ashton Kutcher is 25. He has modeled. He has starred in a couple of semi-hit comedies. He's coming off that 70s show as one of its breakout stars. And mostly the word on everyone's lips right now is punked. Are you punking me? Who's punking me? Like it became vernacular because the show was such a hit. 
on the personal life side, he had been dating Brittany Murphy, uh, who he met a year prior and they'd recently broken up here. And then later this year, he met Demi Moore and they got married two years later. <gasps> Isn't that insane? Whoa. And he was, I think, the big drama there was he was almost the same age as her her girls. Mm-hmm. Like he would have been the heartthrob for her teenage daughters. Of course. That's got to hit hard. Yeah. As a teen easy. girl in 2003, your mom marries Ashton Kutcher. I mean, and they were together for a while, right? Yeah, I think till like something like 2010, 2011. He met Mila in 2012. Wow. Well, reconnected with Mila. Reconnected. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Met on a romantic level. So cute. I know. That is really cute. She was so young. When the show started. She was 14. I know. And he was, I think, 19. Yeah. So the profile begins. Not that long ago, Ashton Kutcher was stoned in Iowa. This is a condition distinct from that of his character, Kelso, on that 70s show, who is customarily stoned in Wisconsin. Or even his character of Jesse in Dude, Where's My Car? Who, in a daring variation on the theme, is stoned in an unidentified state that looks a lot like California. (laughs) For Kutcher, being stoned in Iowa in 1996 meant sitting in a basement, listening to The Prodigy and White Zombie, grooving on the blacklight posters. One night in such an environment with nothing to go on except his altered consciousness, Kutcher declared that one day he would go on a date with Jennifer Aniston. When challenged by a friend, he bet $1,000 on the proposition. I was obsessed with her, says Kutcher. That photo of her legs crossed from Rolling Stone was my screensaver on my computer through college. Five years later, Kutcher, by then a successful young sitcom actor living in Hollywood, attended a party for the movie Moulin Rouge. He remembers, I feel this presence and it's Brad Pitt walking in the room. Dude, he does have a presence. So a studio exec introduced the two and then immediately Ashton asked if he could take Jen Aniston on a date. And then Brad Pitt, I guess, just silently stared at him and was like, what? Understandable. Kutcher didn't tempt Aniston to cheat or even obtain her phone number, but he insists, I'll never have to pay that bet off. I'll go to my death, still saying I'm going to take out Jennifer Aniston. So I had to kind of read it all because this setup is so crucial, I think, in explaining like who Ashton is. Yes. The overarching concept that the public has of him is that he is like this hot stoner bro, like a sweet himbo type. But... It shows that from the jump, he is ambitious, he's charismatic, and he kind of doesn't give a fuck. Like, he has so much goal, and he's ready to truly, like, risk it all. And to ask Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. Like, at the height of his fame. Hottest, most powerful, most relevant Brad Pitt. If you can take out his hot, relevant, powerful wife on a date at what? You know, 22, 23... You gotta give the man props. I mean, that is That's crazy. That's actually bananas. It's bananas, eh? At a party. <laughs> it's insane. Imagine if someone just knew of Steven and asked you out. It would just shake you to your core. Of course. So this is the life of Ashton Kutcher, Gavin writes. He didn't get Jennifer Aniston, but he did get out of the Iowa basement. After five years on that 70s show, whose season finale on May 14th will see the cast graduate finally from high school, Kutcher's film career is still on the launching pad. So he created another TV show, Punked, a hit for MTV that features Kutcher orchestrating practical jokes on other celebrities while the hidden cameras roll. And basically this concept of Punked all came together because 
Kutcher says he has an inferiority complex where he always feels like the butler in the room of celebrities. He's (laughs) like, I never feel like I deserve a seat at the table. I feel like I should be serving people instead. And so punked was basically so he could ingratiate himself with these celebs. I mean, smart business move. Honestly, it is because I mean, at this point, he's not going to be a journalist. He's not going to be interviewing these people for a living. Like, no. How is he going to, you know, get to meet his heroes? That's so true. And his one day wife, he punked Mila. Oh, he did punk Mila. Yeah. Yeah. With with the Russian. Yeah. Yeah. She just speak Russian. She was like saving a Russian man. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also a testament to the fact that he cannot sit still for a second. So he quit smoking weed. In fact, ages ago, five years ago, because he wanted to get more done. And his partner in punk, Jason Goldberg, basically says that his work ethic is out of control. It's sickening. Kutcher is simultaneously doing two TV shows, developing a slate of movies and periodically hitting the town. Although Kutcher says he always ends up talking business when on the town. He sleeps approximately five hours a night. Not recommended. No. Not recommended. No, not for me. He says, I would prefer people to have low expectations of me. I think that's an advantage. So Gavin arrives to interview Ashen Kutcher on a Friday afternoon. And the guy that opens the door, he says, has dark skin, dreadlocks, and a white wrestling mask covering his face. Hi, I'm Mr. Wrestling number three, he says. Come on upstairs. So Gavin's like, okay, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is this? He goes into like a small office. He's starting to wonder like if this is even Ashton's house. Has he got the right place? And then he's looking around for hidden cameras because at this point in time, everyone's like, I'm getting punked. I'm getting punked. So Mr. Wrestling number three says, we'd had a crazy, crazy party last night. There were midgets. There were some fat chicks in the pool. <laughs> I- <laughs> it's the most 2003 sentence that has ever Made it to print, I yeah. want to say. When both of those things were like, ha, 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 yeah, ha, 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 what ha, a ha. joke. Yep. Mr. Wrestling number three takes a seat behind the desk where he talks about his plans for dominating the WWE. And Kutcher just emerges, shirt off, sees this whole scene and is like, what are you doing? And apparently this guy is in fact his roommate and personal assistant and totally went off book doing this little <laughs> prank. I mean, Yeah. This wow. is Ashton. This is Ashton. It like, is what such you... like a like boys yeah, house. Yeah, boys house. Exactly. Like you just got iced. Get on your knees <laughs> to the Rolling Stone reporter. <laughs> <laughs> it really is that Barbie movie quote. Speaking of the Barbie movie, um, the Mondo Bongo Casa Amor house. Yeah. yeah re- don't. We're leaving it at that. That's what it is. I'm, we're not going to look it up. That's what it is. It is. It is. So... Ashton's like coming off like some very successful pranks though. Like he's just punked pink, making her think she was getting busted because her boyfriend had been running a motorcycle chop shop. She was losing her shit, Ashton says, and that greatly pleased him. This is where they talk a little bit more about how his ultimate goal is for someone to throw a punch or start crying. And a lot of the celebrities like do, like they really do freak out. If you can handle that, then you're doing well. But it has to be, I'm sure a specific personality type is the only one that could really take that shit on the chin how do you think you would react i think i would be good i hate it i, I know do think i think I would, you be would be good too i th- i yeah i, I like think- circumstances of extreme like conflict or heightened emotion it's kind of where i step into myself yeah what do you think 
for me or for you for you I think I would I do pretty well in I think you crisis yeah yeah I don't think we would like perjure ourselves and, or no. or behave in a way that we'd be ashamed of no you know like when they film people like stepping over dead bodies like yes. I don't think we'd be one of those people oh no we'd step in yeah. they tailored it to me and my personality it could be tough I think worst case I cry yeah, yeah I yeah. get re- like if it's really something happening oh, and I'd there's cry. like immense conflict Justin Timberlake cried famously oh. and Ashton said he felt really bad oh yeah. Beyonce well, he deserves it. knocking over the Christmas tree, <gasps> destroying the Christmas tree. Oh, that you, one is so good. The craziest one still to this day is Taylor Swift. Drew, did you see the Taylor Swift one? No. What happened? So Justin Bieber invited her to a house in Malibu and there was like a boat out on the harbor and Justin Bieber had like fireworks or some sort of flare gun or something. And was like to Taylor, like, shoot, shoot, shoot. Like you should just like play like just onto the water. And basically a flare went onto the boat and blew it up. And you could see that there was, there were people like having a wedding on that boat. So she literally thought she like massacred a wedding party. Oh, <laughs> oh my so God. Dark. It was incredible. How did she dark. respond? Oh, I think she was like, what the fuck? Like she was truly in shock. Truly yeah, of in shock. course. I don't even think she gave the reaction that they were wanted for. because it was like, no, she it, literally, it was too yeah. much to like fathom. Like she just couldn't even. Yeah, I killed together. a family. I took out. Yeah. Oh my God. But those were the most successful punks is when they got like friends of the star or like real or like to help the stars to help because they just were totally off guard mm-hmm. so one of the earliest pranks was actually justin timberlake it was set at his home where he was like led to believe that the government was seizing all his property for back taxes but then they really did punk everyone in hollywood like yeah beyonce justin bieber Lindsay lohan and this is where we got iconic clips of ashton such as the waiting for hillary duff to turn 18 I don't know if you remember that resurfaced clip came oh, out recently. Yes. He was like, Hillary Duff is is just one of those Hollywood gals that we can't wait to turn 18, much like the Olsen twins. Ew. I know. Yep. And then we get into a cute little anecdote about the Bush twins. How much do you, I know nothing about the Bush family. I was too young and I didn't live here, obviously. Oh, yeah. But what was the vibe with these these two Bush girls? Strange. Bush ladies. Strange. I remember it was strange. And I mean. Barbara Bush. And who was the other one? Laura. No. Oh. oh, oh. Laura. Was it Laura? It Maybe. Barbara? It sounds right. Yeah. Could be. Um or Jenna, one of those <laughs> American white woman names. I feel like I'm biased also because I was told from a very young age that George W. Bush was not a good man. Yes. And he did not represent us and we should be embarrassed. Yeah. And I remember getting in um, some squabbles about that in elementary school. Totally. Me just always coming to the defense of <laughs> such a vendetta I had in elementary school where classmates would be like, he's an amazing president. Like, and then you would, I would take be like, down? no, he isn't. Like, look at the war in Iraq. Right. <laughs> like, right. What? Wow. You were really doing the Lord's work even back then. Well, it was I credit my mother entirely who um, has stood, I think, on the right side of history. And also just that we're not American. So it's not like we had an allegiance here and our grandparents right. were from here. My parents came from war and, and at then, this point you must you were in toronto right uh or had you moved already i had just moved oh, okay yeah oh well you oh brave yeah to be stepping on american soil and talking shit about the president i know oh in my god one, me and the wow. dixie chicks only christ <laughs> <laughs> the dixie chicks yeah well i guess the bush twins were like a hot commodity it must have just been like malia and sasha like yeah. that kind of a vibe but he talks about having them back to his house after a party and then i guess they got stoned and now he's convinced that his phones are being tapped by the secret service <laughs> which 
Naturally. Yeah. But he's taking Gavin around the house. It's full like MTV crib style. The fridge is stocked with Mountain Dew and Miller and Starbucks, all of which he gets for free. And he's like the sickest part about being a famous person is that like everything's free. Which Saying true. the quiet part loud. I, <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those weird paradoxes where it's like the only people who can afford the cases of Mountain Dew are the famous people. And yet they get it for free. I mean, yeah. it's something that's still to this day, I will never wrap my head around. No. He's remodeling his house and... And he learned all these skills in Iowa of like carpentry. You know, he used to skin deers for the butcher. It was one of his first jobs. And uh, this is when we kind of get into a little bit of his background. So uh, his full name is actually Christopher Ashton Kutcher. He was forced to change it by his modeling agency because there was another Chris there, I think. Can't have too many Chris's. Mm -mm. And uh, he has an older sister and he has a fraternal twin brother, Michael. And Gavin actually reached out to his father for the story, Larry. And Larry says, Michael is more serious. He's in the banking industry, whereas Ashton is more freewheeling. They come from a very small town in Iowa where the population is 100. <laughs> 100. That's wild. I know. Small enough that Kutcher and his friends didn't bother ditching school because there was nowhere to go. Also, a teacher would be like, okay, of the three people in class, one's missing. Where's yeah. Ashton? A hundred? One hundred. That's wild. Even Forks, Washington. I know. 4,000. Oh my God. <laughs> so true. I know. But his mom worked in the assembly line for Head and Shoulders and his dad worked on the assembly line for Fruit Roll-Ups, which feels very Midwest All-American, doesn't it? Yeah. They divorced when he was 14, but Ashton is surprisingly like totally fine about it. His dad ended up moving just two houses down the street. And he says, my parents are so cool. They couldn't have handled it better. And even in the early days, Ashton was like an intense overachiever. I really related to this, the having to do absolutely every extracurricular to prove to yourself you can. That was really what he was doing. He was in choir, science club. He was in the Thespian Society, National Honor Society, wrestling, track. In true Troy Bolton style, he played every game of football and was also the lead in the school play to Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you do you relate to that? Were you trying to like be a cross or were you just being best actress? Well, we I had no choice in the matter because it was mandatory. So at my school, we had oh, regular school from the beginning until 2 p.m. And then 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Was arts? Was arts every day. So wait, 8 till 2, 8 a.m.? It's a long day. 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. every day. 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. Every day. Wow. And then after that, day. we had rehearsal for the plays. So I would usually be in school from 8 a.m. to like 10 or 11 p.m. Because yeah. I know your mom was working at night. There was no childcare necessary. No, it was just handled. I was just there the entire I was there all day long. Was this a public school? It's a, you had to audition to get in. So oh, it was like technically a charter. So it was like a LaGuardia in New York. Yeah. Like okay. funded, like we got, because it was an art school, um, there were like grant mm. grants that everyone got. And then alumni like Matthew Morrison would donate a lot of money. So we would all be able to go. Matthew Morrison's star of Glee. Glee. I yeah. know, which is based on my school. So, so crazy. hilarious. So in that way, I didn't really have a choice. Like I didn't sign up for anything when I joined the school. It was just like, you will be acting every day right and dancing every day and singing every day so damn i know so fun my dream personally yeah you would have thrived oh you would have been the top of the pyramid no stop <laughs> oh god that would have truly like you couldn't have given me a a closer look in my dream in high school that really was, was such a yeah break. no <laughs> i yeah i could see you there truly 
my vicious like visceral disdain towards theater kids when I just was one and then came like the subcultures because there were the music and theater kids and then there were just the theater kids mm. and then there were the singers and then there were the dancers and everyone had completely different ide- than the opera singers mm. then the classical guitarists then mm-hmm. the rock guitarists it was like Jesus. tiny little and everyone just hung out with their little group can I ask popularity wise who said at the top dancers yeah I thought so they were the right. hottest yeah of course by far they yeah. long gorgeous hair small shorts beautiful beautiful women and then a random smattering of people in the like rock conservatory yeah there's some rock hotties yes totally like girl drummers who are like very cool cool. and then i feel like music and theater was rewarded can i just say how tough is it to be a woman and want to be the dancer in the tiny shorts with the long hair and the drummer in the baggy pants i know just banging it out it's like, we want it all and we just can't have it. We have to pick a side. It's so tough. And you have to practice so much. Both of these I things. Know. You can't just pick up dance one day and be like, I, now I'm an amazing dancer. I was saying that to Chris. I, I was know. like, what if I had just stuck with one thing? Oh my God. Instead of just trying to do it all. What if I had just leaned into baking? Now, oh. it could have been an incredible baker. But no, I had to bake and be in the fucking science society. Like, yeah. it's like, just pick one thing and lean into it. I know. I regret that, too. Yeah. Or, like, languages. If I had just decided to pick one language and stick with it and now it could be fluent. <sighs> I know. French, I could have done. I went to French school. Totally. For years. I was ready to be fluent. Then I just stopped. I know. Picked up Spanish. <laughs> now I know not. Now, now I know no, neither. No, no. Yeah. What do you know now? Totally. Oh. It haunts me to this day. I know. But you got your guitar back. I got my guitar back. But that's what that's where all this came from. Of course. I started playing again. And I was just, I was frustrated at how I couldn't immediately play. Like I was like, Everything okay, that you used to yeah, play. Yeah. Well, no, I, I could play what I used to play out of sheer memory. But yeah. I was like, okay, now it's time to start like learning. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do Blink-182. I miss you. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, why is this hard? Like, I don't have a capo. This is harder than I remembered. Like, why can I get this trump pattern exactly right? Like, dun, 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 Oh, but see, you're getting some rhythmic strum in oh, there. But it's like, that's the thing. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't slide my finger. My finger strength has gone. I of can't course. do it the same. I just yeah. look at myself and I want to shake. Me. I know. I've spent years drinking. <laughs> oh my getting God. ready and drinking i've spent years when i could have practiced something that's so true oh my god anyway <laughs> back to ashton ashton really did it all right until until he turned 18 and then him and his cousin decided to break into their high school to steal a test i guess with a cousin ashton was really good at picking locks so he came along for the ride and then the cops fully showed up a high-speed chase proceeded and it ended with their arrest Ashton spent the night in jail. His stepdad refused to bail him out and was convicted of a third degree burglary for a test at high school and had to do 180 hours of community service and was on probation for three years. Probation is wild. Crazy. Only recently did he have his record expunged. And so now he's no longer a felon and can finally vote. He couldn't vote for the last like seven years oh my God. for stealing a test from a li- high school library. Unbelievable. And then he, unlike many of our subjects, actually went to college and chose to major in biochemical engineering. <laughs> so chic. I mean, how many entertainers do we cover who did something other than what they do? It's like very, very fun. few. I know. Very few. Or they do the kind of chic thing where they're like very, very famous. And then like Natalie Portman, go, go to Harvard. Harvard. I heard recently she's not a nice person. Really? I know. I don't want to sway you out there in case this is bad information, but no. I just heard. 
I've heard. Through the grapevine. Yeah. When he was 13, actually, his twin Michael contracted cardiomyopathy, which is a chronic disorder of the heart muscle that can be fatal. And by virtue of a last minute heart transplant, Michael survived. So that's why Ashton wanted to be a biochemical engineer, because he wanted to be a geneticist who could find a cure for diseases like conditions diseases Dis- yeah condi- yeah all right all right clearly chronic disorder the science yeah. the science club was not my no, forte. no please. <laughs> <laughs> basically Eshin's like look you can study all the stuff you can engrave it onto your synapses but ultimately like he wasn't doing it for him he was doing it for his family so halfway through sophomore year he was spotted at a bar by a modeling agent and <laughs> persuaded to enter the fresh faces of iowa contest we're going next year <laughs> We're going next year. We're traveling. We go to Iowa. Fresh faces of Iowa. Yeah. And he won. Surprisingly, the hottest man you've ever seen come out of Iowa won the Fresh Faces of Iowa contest. So he got permission from his probation officer and went to New York. I think he like won another contest there. And then he got signed to a modeling agency who made him drop the name Christopher. And then for about a year was doing like billboard campaigns for Calvin Klein and runway work in Italy and Paris. Fab. And this is really what's going to start the whole dominoes rolling of just how insanely lucky this boy is. It's like he decides and the world says like, yes, please, Papa. He goes to Hollywood. He flies out there in 1998 on his first day. He gets offered this, I guess, cowboy surfer drama starring Bo Derek <laughs> of James Bond fame. It's called Wind on Water and it was going to shoot in Hawaii. And then while he's there, his agent was like, okay, there's this other thing on Fox, that 70s show. I think it was then called Teenage Wasteland, which I thought was kind of a better name. Yeah. It was quite a cool name. Um, So he auditioned for that as well. And he told the creators in the audition, hey, I just need a decision by 345 because I've just got like another offer at four. So like, can you just like, let me know. Like to to do that, like a nobody, your first day in Hollywood. Like, okay, so 345, you guys good to give me a call. Um, Otherwise, yeah, sorry. I'm just not, I'm out of the running. He was offered both jobs and then he picked that 70s show. Wow. Okay, so there's a little bit of backstory that isn't included in this profile that my little Scorpio investigative, little Nancy Drew over here, (laughs) went and did. He was actually dating January Jones at this time, who I believe is also from Iowa, or maybe not. No, she might be from the Midwest, but I think they met in New York. They were both modeling. She wanted to become an actress as well. They moved to LA together. Wow. Yes. I think her advice to Ashton was like, don't take this weird wind on water thing. Like, why are there cowboys in Hawaii? Doesn't make so sense. So true. So she was a like, woman's intuition oh, at work. They always know. And so she was like, don't do it. Go with the other one. And then basically she starts acting as well. And he was very unsupportive. Okay. So this is, this came out years later. This came out in GQ in 2009. She referenced a boyfriend that she was dating when she arrived in LA who was quote, not supportive. He was like, I don't think you're going to be good at this. And she was like, so now fuck you. That's basically what she said in GQ. Oh my God. Is this, this is Mad Men era. Yes. This is Mad Men era. Right. So she basically like, I guess they, they break up, whatever. Um, but then years later on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, he asks her like point blank, were you talking about Ashton Kutcher in that GQ interview? And she chose to remain silent. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Um, there was also a lot at that time that came out in Demi Moore's autobiography that 
I think January was on set with um, Bruce Willis while Demi was with Bruce. And Ashton was really jealous that January and Bruce Willis were like having an affair. And then basically Ashton would go on to date Demi, which is very odd. Like this weird quad square of a of a relationship with these four actors yeah but i mean she denies to this day that she ever did anything with bruce willis which i believe i think she was like 22 and he was 46 yeah. so this doesn't sound great ashton talks a little bit more about that 70s show and how like the castmates are his best friends he goes we hang out bullshitting for five days a week and somehow on friday we scrape together this show ashton though hardly ever watches the finished show he says i just move on to the next one but sometimes TJ will be watching it and I'll join him and I'll laugh at my own jokes and feel guilty about it. My guilty pleasure is watching me. Cute. <laughs> Honestly, when I do edit this podcast and I laugh out loud, I do feel a little bit sick. Wait, my guilty pleasure, I guess, is listening to me too. Because <laughs> on, on a wild moment, I put on our Sean Mendes episode the other day and I was like, Did you? Ah! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I laughed out loud when you said Travis Kalis when I was editing last week's episode. <laughs> Travis Kalis. You were like, no, it Kelsey. is Kalis. Kel- yeah. Wait, what is it? It's Kelsey. It's, it's it Travis is Kelsey, Kelsey right? Yeah. Kalis. Kalis. Well, thank God my brain has transferred it to Kelsey now. Because I was like, what are you saying? I've never heard that. No, yeah. Gaslighting you? Truly, I always cackle at us. And I do feel, I do always feel a little bit lame. But to save me, I'm often laughing at Slash with you. Yeah. I'm laughing at your jokes. Yeah. They always get me. And then we're doing the age old trick where Gavin and Ashton just fly back to New York together. Again, this is so fucking old school. Like 20 years ago, you would just meet someone on one coast. Like off we go. We leave Paris? tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they, they fly back to New York. Ashton is going to start rehearsals to host SNL, which is like a lifelong dream. Gavin meets him again at his room in the Four Seasons and he is settling a dinner tab from the night before in LA. It's more than $4,000 in 2003 where he and P. Diddy went out with six friends and basically lived it up. P. Diddy told Ashton that they should start a modern rat pack claiming the name of Frank for himself and Ashton decided to settle for Dean but Frank wouldn't tell Dean where they were meeting until an hour before dinner presumably because he didn't want to get punked. (laughs) So everyone was really afraid of Ashton at this time but Ashton says the biggest perk about rolling with P. Diddy is that the show never starts till he gets there. Ashton says that Justin Timberlake and NERD were delayed going on until P. Diddy arrived at the club. And then Ashton was in full hype man mode, which I just can't really see him rolling with rappers. It just, it's, he's too clean cut, milk fed Iowa farm boy to me. Yeah, I also can't really see it. Does it give you a little bit of Britney's memoir vibes of Justin being like, for shizzle? No. Oh, I fear the things that yeah. were said. It just seems like this was the moment in time where black culture and hip hop culture were just the height of cool. And yeah. every white boy in America was like, let me put my hat to the side and buy a chain. So sad for that. It's so. like, you are not pulling this off no. the way you think you are. <laughs> exactly. And then after the show, 200 people went back to Ashton's house where they partied and cleaned out the fridge of promo beverages. At 3.30, Ashton finally went to bed and he says, it freaks me out to have people I don't know in my home. I said, I am not taking responsibility. When I got up at eight, I went downstairs. There were two random girls eating pasta at my kitchen table. 
fun. It's very entourage, isn't it? It is, which this I've been watching thing. again. Have you, you watching again? Yeah. Yeah, I need to revisit it again. But I like, highly recommend. It's so good, isn't it's it? It's so funny. And you can just blitz through it. Yeah, you really can. <sighs> no part of the brain is activated when watching no. it. No. There's no no synapses firing. God, and it's good to just see a Jessica Alba in her prime. You know, yeah. just pop up when you least expect it. I was watching the one where he's dating Mandy Moore. Oh, recently. it's so good. He's obsessed with Mandy Moore. Yeah. And that's the whole bit. I know. I love it. It's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> Much like, what's his name? Vince. And much yeah. like Vince with Mandy Moore, Ashton says, I get really giddy and stupid with girls. Woman, that's my vice. I love the company of women. I fall in love super fast and I'll want to spend the next week together, 24 hours a day. Ugh. I will drop everything when it's starting and that's stupid. You're not going to take a week off on a regular basis. Don't do it in the beginning. No surprises here. I know. Of course, he's like this. And again, we're getting into this part of the profile that really shows its age because my god could we have got through any interview in 1995 to 2005 that didn't go so how'd you lose your virginity yeah why is everyone obsessed obsessed with the deflowering deflowering. so he lost his virginity (laughs) so i'm like so i'm gonna tell you yeah ashton lost his virginity when he was 15 in the iowa woods who does it in the woods, he says, unable to believe his youthful folly. <laughs> There's sticks jabbing at people. I barely knew the girl, but I had to be deflowered. She barely got her pants down before we were done, but I made it up to her the second time. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Ugh. <laughs> it only takes one time to get over that premature ejaculation. And suddenly you're just Don Johnson, yeah. just loving all night long. Two hours. <laughs> And we're getting a little bit into his crushes. He loves some Cameron Diaz. Oh, and then they were in that movie together. They were in What Happens in Vegas. Yes. That's right. Uh, He swears that he had a shot at Nicole Kidman. Doubtful. I know. His collaborator, Jason Goldberg, says that the first time he met Ashton, Ashton just came in and immediately started hitting on his wife. And he's like, okay, I guess. Hi. Nice to meet you. Um... (laughs) Whoa, so he's not afraid to break up a marriage. No. And again, to be 24 in this in this bold is insane to mm-hmm. me. And then his most recent relationship was with Brittany Murphy of 8 Mile fame at this point. Mm. They were co-stars and just married. A surprise hit earlier this year, but didn't start dating until after the film wrapped. That way, work and play wouldn't mix. Ashton says, I wouldn't recommend dating co-workers in any profession. It's not smart at all. I was going to ask you if you'd ever dated a coworker, but there's no way because we work in an industry of girls and gays. No, not a chance. <laughs> no. Not a chance in hell. Even when I worked at Vice, there were no straight men around. Even when I worked at a brunch restaurant, there were no straight men around. Oh, no, ne- Nothing. Nah, neither. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. What could it have been? I kind of would love that. It's pretty sexy. It is sexy. No, I think it's very cool. Very 80s. Very kind of working woman, yeah. balancing the briefcase, the shoulder pads, and that, yeah, yeah, in the conference room. I know it's hot. Yeah, you and I, we need to stop though. We've been on a tirade of late where we just think that the possibilities if we were single would be abundant, <laughs> and in reality, we're just like truly getting ignored at the party. La sixes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I did, no, we, we I held did our turn own. to you and I said, you know what? The hottest people in the world are here in this moment tonight. And I don't think we're we're dirt on the on the ground. No, nobody's escorting us out. No. Nobody's yelling at us. No, nobody's, nobody's like looking us up and down like, yeah, who let you in? Yeah. 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 
I was proud of that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think we brought it that night. Your straightened hair. I know. My wig. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> blonde. Blonde wig. But he says it's a bummer situation when you're mutually ending a relationship because you don't see a future in it. He explains that him and Brittany were still on good terms. He learned enormous amounts about acting just by working with her. She's one of the most beautiful people I've met in my life. And I'm blessed to have had so much of her company, he says. I'd rather not talk about it. If it was six months from now, I would, but I don't want her to read this and feel bad. Again, this really speaks to me at this point in time because it reminded me of the John Mayer profile where he was like, I don't want to talk about another woman in this interview, aka Jessica Simpson, while I'm talking about my ex-girlfriend, Jennifer Aniston, because I don't want her to read this and feel bad. Yeah. Whereas like now no one reads their press. No. Like the fact that Brittany Murphy might walk into a store and pick up Rolling Stone because Ashton's on the cover is like insane in today's context. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Right? A different time. Give me like another example. I don't know. Um, several couples uh, who's still together I uh, Jennifer or no no, no J-Lo and Ben Affleck J-Lo and Ben Affleck like Ben Affleck's not doing a GQ print profile and J-Lo's like oh I gotta read it no that's not happening no, no they don't care Ben Affleck's never gonna read it also the thing is is if they broke up knock on wood god forbid we would find out on social media through a joint statement on Instagram yeah notes app uncoupling but people maybe probably found out that Ashton and Brittany Murphy were no longer together through this profile. Yeah, totally. Of like, oh, okay, confirmed. They're not together. Right. You know, tabloids publish things. TMZ obviously existed, but we're, you know, a couple years into the internet at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet Brittany's like, I want to hear what he's saying. Like, I yeah. want to read what he's saying about me. Exactly. Whereas now it's like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But this is probably the most interesting little anecdote, I think, of the whole piece. So I can't believe that Gavin worked this in. I find this really hilarious. <laughs> Basically, he talks about there's this like sex advice columnist called Dan Savage who is obsessed with Ashton, like thinks he's like the hottest person in the world or to quote him, the most beautiful man on television today and has, I guess, this fantasy scenario of Brad Pitt coming on Ashton's <laughs> face. So this is just a random sex advice columnist and Gavin just decides to dedicate like a good like 100 or 200 words to him. So he goes on to say that Dan came up with his dream celebrity dinner party scenario and included Ashton at the table just because he's pretty. And then Ashton was like really offended by this and emailed him and was like, hi, this is Ashton Kutcher. And I appreciate that I could be invited to your party to look at, but I don't think it's very bright of you to assume I wouldn't be able to carry on a conversation about meaningful world events. So funny. And the guy was just like, uh, who is, who is it? Couldn't be you. This yeah. is definitely not Ashton Kutcher. That would take the time to email me. So Gavin and Ashton then take a cab downtown. He's like meeting some old friends from his modeling days. And the cab driver overhears his conversation and is like, have you been in any movies? And Ashton's like, not any good ones. And Gavin takes this as the perfect segue to be like, yeah, he's not been in any good ones. <laughs> There's no Running good with ones. It. Yeah, he's like, nothing is, is really has, has really hit the mark. Ashen talks a little bit about Dude, Where's My Car, which was a big commercial hit, and he was happy with that. But apparently, like, they took out the stoner component. I don't remember that movie, but he... I do. Yeah. And I watched My Boss's Daughter with 
Tara Reid. Oh, really? Oh, this yeah. is the other movie they referenced. Yeah, where he says, like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want other people to see it. Yeah, he's like, I'm a much better actor now. Yeah. And I'm very self-critical. I don't like anything I've done. <laughs> Sorry, Yikes. buddy. Yikes. And he's really, like, gunning even now to play the big character actor dramatic roles. He says to casting directors all the time, don't judge me by the parts I haven't played yet. And as soon as auditions are over, he's like, hey, did I get it? (laughs) Which is crazy. But Gavin's like, he's got a lot in the works. Like he's producing and starring in a science fiction drama called The Butterfly Effect. Seen it. I haven't seen that. What's that? Oh, that one actually changed my worldview. I talk about this oh. movie way too much. Is that the one where one butterfly flaps his wings? Yeah, he steps on a butterfly and then it like changes the world Whoa. as you know it. And it's all about the, you know, chain of reactions. And he's the lead? He is. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, I, I don't think so, mm. probably. But I remember being really affected by it. Right. And I think about it a lot. Interesting. I know. I know there are movies that will do that to you. I've seen a lot of his filmography i really am realizing yeah and none of it really <laughs> no nothing nothing sticking no did you see jobs no <laughs> no you didn't see it no i didn't see it no okay. i didn't see it did you see it mm. how was he <laughs> he was good he was good yeah i think i do you know what i think the movie probably did him a bit dirty mm. but i think he was also maybe like the ep so you know yeah Maybe he did the movie dirty. I yeah. don't know. I, he was fu- he was good. Okay. I don't know a lot about Steve Jobs. I didn't really like study his mannerism. So he pulled it off like it was believable. To you. Yeah. Some- yeah, yeah. To me. To someone unfamiliar with Steve Jobs. Yes. The movie renders him properly. I don't know how like Annabelle Jobs or yeah, of I course. forget her name is receiving it. Yeah. But he is very aware of how much he's taking on in this moment. And he's like, people say I'm going to burn out. But you only burn out doing things you don't want to do. Wow. That true is a takeaway. You burn out doing the things you don't want to do. It's so true. Yeah. That's... I never burn out going to a Halloween party. No. <laughs> it's only when you have your shit stacked with yeah. annoying little responsibilities. Exactly right. So he's talking about his goals for punked. He was like, I want to blow up a car or a house. What would he do if he had to punk President Bush? He's like, I would get Saddam Hussein lookalikes and have them hang around the White House. And uh, then he's like, Bush would lose his shit. And that is the last line. That lookalike would probably die. That is a violent yeah. death. Yeah. I was like, are you joking? Yeah. That would be shot on sight. Yeah, I like, know. You wouldn't even get to the point that you could prank him with this. Yeah. No unreasonable yeah wow so yeah that is ashton in 2003 and then fast forward 20 years later exactly ashton kutcher has been incredibly successful in the tech space as you walked in i was listening to a podcast of him talking about nfts and cryptocurrency which a lot of celebrities were doing Mm -hmm. paris hilton was in 2021 going on jimmy fallon to talk about nfts because obviously the more people that bought into it the higher the value and so on and so forth. So it was like a weird time. Obviously now that has been completely upended and everyone's like, wow, you bought into snake oil. Sad. It didn't even make sense on paper. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was all fake. I know the incredible thing about this podcast is that Mila is explaining how she got into NFTs through Ashton and she's recounting the questions that she asked him and all the questions are so incredibly valid. Like she's like, so, okay, so you can't print it out? And he's like, no, you can print it out, but then it's not worth anything. And she was like, then why, then what, what then is why? it about? 
And he's like, you know, you just, you have it online and that's yours. And she's like, but then how does it hold any value? And then she's like recounting this whole conversation. And she's like, and then I realized that there's something to this. And I'm like, at what Wait, point when? did you realize? When? <laughs> but recently Ashton has been in the news. Ashton and Mila both, as you brought up, because they wrote letters in support of Denny Masterson, uh, who ended up being sentenced to 30 years in prison for raping two women. Ashton reportedly called him a role model and Mila commended his exceptional character. I don't think these letters were ever supposed to be made public, but they were. And they experienced uh, just like massive widespread backlash almost immediately, especially because they have an anti-human trafficking organization called Thorn, which basically works to address the sexual exploitation of children. And he founded this originally with Demi Moore, but Mila Kunis, I think, is also involved and works on it. So after this criticism, he stepped down as chairman of the board of Thorn. And a lot of other stuff came up in the midst. So I don't know how familiar you are with this, but in 2001, two years before this profile ran, uh, Ashton was like 23 and living in Hollywood. And he was supposed to go to a premiere with this woman, Ashley Allerin, in February 2001. And she was a 22-year-old fashion student. He arrived at her home, her Hollywood home, and I guess he says put his hand on the doorknob and then looked in through the window and saw what he thought was red wine spilled on the carpet. And it was her blood, and she had been murdered. The convicted killer was a guy called like the Hollywood Ripper, who I think had murdered two other women, and I guess conveniently was her neighbor or something like that. But Ashton then testified at her trial and said that he picked her up. No one went to pick her up. No one answered. And then Chrissy Bixler, who was one of Danny Masterton's accusers, resurfaced this whole thing and referenced the specific date of Ashley Allerin's death and said, Dear Ashton, I know the secrets your role model keeps for you, ones that would end you. Did you forget I was there? You were on speakerphone that night. You called Danny on February 21. 2001 I heard everything I heard the plan in my opinion you're just as sick as your mentor (gasps) yeah I literally like my full body goosebumps I know I know and then she basically addressed Mila directly and says dear Mila I pray for you to begin to process what you experienced as a child on that 70s show set your old interviews are very telling I also know what happened in Toronto and after question if that's what you view as your relationship with your big brother figure then I feel very sad for you and hope you consider getting into therapy you all must forget I was there the whole time of those first five years of that 70s show I remember everything so scary dude it's it's literally chilling I found out that he lived in my building who Danny Masterson and Bijou Phillips what they lived in my building not your little gingerbread house building. I know <laughs> I know it is wild that they wrote those letters and thought for a second that there wouldn't be repercussions yeah with the current climate with just common sense with the fact that they run an organization dedicated to sexual assault sexual violence sexual crimes i know speaking out vocally in support of a rapist is just astonishing i I don't think they ever thought it would be Uh uh-huh like this is just for the judges this is just judges eyes only i think they thought it was like a closed Mm -hmm. yeah submission but on a brighter note, Ashton Kutcher is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. He has run the New York City Marathon. 
And he's made millions as a venture capitalist investing in the startups I referenced earlier, but also Airbnb, Spotify, Warby Parker, Pinterest. Wow. Yeah. He's a smart cookie and he likes to do it all and just achieve across the board. So congrats to him. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Do you think he murdered that woman? <laughs> I, there's nothing that I will say of on course. this podcast. No, but not on the record. It's, it's it's so freaky. Yeah, like that. And I I heard about that years ago as a teenager, literally watching True Hollywood Story, and it was a whole episode dedicated to uh-huh. that woman's murder. And yeah, but the yeah the fingerprints on the doorknob, like trying to I don't know, it just yeah, it was just weird. So anyway, I, uh, who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah, um, we're not we're not here as true crime. Oh, podcasters. absolutely not. Absolutely Let's be clear about that. that. Um, but for all I know, he could be just like, like a really lovely guy, wrong place, wrong time in that in that circumstance and was just sticking up for his friend in a rape case and all of this shit got dragged out um, mm. as a result. Who who knows? Who knows? I think he would really benefit doing some press, but some real gritty press, like a real profile piece, really letting the world get to know him in a way that isn't so surface level because I cannot say who he is like I'm truly yeah. not able to say who he is what he does who even the January Jones of it all of him being like you wouldn't make it as an actress don't even try I mean we could chalk all this up to being kind of a douchebag in your early 20s as so many of us were yeah that about does it whoa fascinating stuff could you have predicted that this is the ride we would go on no no it went so many different directions i know yeah it's nuts how how much would you like to interview this man i'm bringing back our Uh, scale that we (laughs) we go in and out of i feel like not that much yeah not that much okay what about you i would like to but i feel like i would be charmed and i i just Mm -hmm. don't i don't trust myself to give a full like unbiased look i feel like he's a very charismatic guy and could really take take me for a ride pretty easily so i don't know i maybe i'm in the same boat i think i would love the opportunity though to ask him about the ashley allerin stuff yeah the jennery jones stuff and his trajectory in general how he looks back on the punked days and how kind of problematic it kind of, it was but also incredibly entertaining great television i feel like as soon as we hit the stop record button i would like to watch the taylor swift punked uh oh yeah we video. will we will do that and we've got to go we've got to we've got a gucci oh my god event. we have to go we have a gucci event yeah, right now you're right all right i ta-ta. swear we're not this cool <laughs> but we love you and we'll see you next week can't wait okay bye, bye. Uncover Girl is lovingly crafted by Beatrice Hazelhurst and Ivana Ryder. If you want to get even deeper under the covers with us, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash uncovergirl or follow us on Instagram at uncovergirlpodcast. Rate Uncover Girl, write us a review and share your favorite episode, Shawn Mendes, Rolling Stone 2018, anyone? And we will be your forever fans. Love you.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.